He's the Deacon Deacon Jeff Rosignol. It's a fine blend of discipleship and entertainment. Truth is here. And let's pray, and we know why. Good morning, Father. Get me out of your way that your truths would be lifted up and you would be glorified. Um, Yes, be glorified, Jesus. Amen. Today's topic, which is hot topics. Right? Remember that? Hot pockets? Hot topics? Okay. We're going to get into some details today. But I want to make sure that you as Christians, we as Christians, are equipped for what happened this last week. So the two hot topics we're going to be um, bringing up today is uh, what is going on in our country. We have history being attacked and sexual immorality being celebrated. What is going on in this case? It's just, it's, 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 an, it's a form of insanity that we're seeing take place because evil is promoted as good in the name of love and anyone who, who promotes purity and holiness, we're the bad guys. It's really, it's like, this is like right out of like, anyone remember the old horror movie, The Pod People, and nobody knew who was infected and at the end of the movie, the last sane girl's running up to who she thinks is a friend and he goes, rah. Okay, that's that's what's going on. And it's like, well, who's for Christ and who isn't? And if you look down Facebook, people are literally changing their their the photos with a, a a rainbow coloring to show that they want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. They want to promote evil. So what I've done is I took uh, three of the verses out of Romans, put them together. That God says that specifically Romans chapter one. And the last verse of Romans 1 is, people know that people who live like this, you know, I'll show you those verses. But anyway, I cut and paste these verses, and everybody who's on my friends who did that, I paste those verses right in there. And show them, that's great, you're supporting evil. You say you love these people, but you're encouraging their death. It's the opposite of good. So let's unpack this, but first I want to encourage you on a couple things. First, you made it to church. Right, The lost world celebrating this, but in Pawpaw, we have trouble coming to church. That sin has got to stop. We've got to go out and tell our friend, the other Christians here, stop missing church. If I had that schedule, like half our church folk have, you wouldn't know when I would be here or not. That sin's got to stop. We've got to go out and tell everyone else, you have no excuse to miss church. It's got to end. Okay? Let's move on. Back to this. The Confederate flag. What's going on with the Confederate flag? Why is all of a sudden everybody after the Confederate flag? Right? Um, now, right. But let me put things in perspective, at least for me. I grew up in Maine. All right? The 20th Maine Regiment, part of the Union Army that I think saved everything and, you know, in Gettysburg because the 20th Maine repelled, I think it was Louisiana, with no more bullets. They ran out of bullets and had to do a bayonet charge to repel the the South from flanking the Union Army. And it was the 20th Maine with Joshua Chamberlain that did that. Needless to say, guess where I go when I go to Gettysburg? I go stand on that hill and just soak up the bravery and awesomeness of Mainers. Right? Union Mainers on top of that. So, needless to say, I'm all for the Union beating the South in that sense. But it's more complicated than that. It's more convoluted. So let's unpack that. Before we unpack it, we've got to establish a few things. If you remember, freedom 
You can only have true freedom if you have individual responsibility. You can't have one without the other, which means you're responsible for your own food. You're responsible for your own health care. You're responsible for your own house. You're responsible for your own finances. You are responsible for these things, not a third party. The moment you give it to a third party, you have become a slave. All right? So back happened in, you know, in the Civil War, slavery was the divisive thing. It is a sin to enslave another human being. It is. So, but the problem is, is one sin led to a greater sin or loss of freedom. So the South, because slavery was part of their economy, told the federal government, you can't tell us what to do. We're going to succeed. We're going to get away from you and start our own little nation. Because you can't dictate to us our economy. We have too much to lose if we let these slaves go. Our economy is based on this. That's not right. It's not justified. It's evil sin. But on the same note, it is true that the federal government did not have the right to dictate to the states, just like the other thing we're going to talk about, to say, you will do what I say. It's like the Force. You will do, it's like the Emperor in, the, in the, the first three Jedi movies, right? He just claims power and says, you will do what I tell you, period. And so what happened is, because the South embraced the sin of slavery, the North had to come in, fight, win, but in the meantime, the whole country lost. Because of the sin of slavery, the whole country became enslaved. The beginning steps of slavery which is um, a larger central government or socialism. So the South was correct. Fed should stay out. However, their very objection they were raising to the federal government they were doing to humans. If the federal government can't tell me what to do, a human being can't tell another human being and enslave them. All right. So the South lost the war. States lost their rights. And socialism increased and a larger federal government was created. Sin. Because of sin, humans lost freedom. We became enslaved. Okay? So now, what's all this banter? We'll come back to the, the, what's going on with the, uh, uh, why everybody's flipping out over the flag. Oh, yeah, here's something, here's, here's hypocrisy at, at its fullest. So at the Apple App Store, they pulled off every single game, Civil War game, and anything that would have the, the Confederate flag in it, even historical Civil War games. Guess what's still on the Apple App Store? Grand Theft Auto. And you all know the... Yes, yeah. There's nothing wrong with murder and rape and thieving and prostitution and all that. That's okay. But get that nasty Confederate flag out of a historical war simulation game. See, it's totally... Bonkers. It's insane. It's just insane. So the sin as an individual and a nation always leads to the loss of freedom. That's our individual sin and the sin of the nation. So what about sexual immorality? Supreme Court this Friday. And even the White House, right? So... um, Decided that there's a that um, 
People who practice this sexual immorality um, have constitutional guarantees. Now keep in mind, because God's out of the equation, that argument could be used for any sin. Murder, multiple spouses, anything can now go because there's no moral underpinning. The same arguments for any immoral sexual behavior can be used for any sin. Because once you remove God, there's no foundation. Alright? So, why is humanity charging the gates of heaven? And they're hoping to overthrow holiness. They're hoping to overthrow purity. They're over righteousness. And they're doing it in the name of love. When I quoted those verses to my cousins who had, who had rainbowed their photo, and I posted that verse from Romans that you do not encourage sexual sin. And they wrote back some verses on love. There's plenty of verses in the Bible to describe what biblical love looks like. And it is never encouraging evil and celebrating evil. Ever. So, here's what's going on though. Let's take a step back. We're going to look at the bigger picture and I want to encourage you in this. This should encourage you. Psalms chapter 2, 1 through 4. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. So this is not new. America is not the world. America is a blip in world history. We're only 200 and some change years old. You know, when Israel first went into the Holy Land after Joshua, in the book of Judges, it took 400 years for the country fully... Well, no, within that 400 years, the country sinned against God seven times. It took about one generation for the country to go racing towards evil and away from God. So, you know, this, this is not new for what America is doing. This is the norm. And, let's, and look, at the, look at the rally cry. Because remember, the name is love, the name is freedom, the name is equality. But it's really the nations raging against God. This is all about... A, a, people view God's moral goodness and holiness as the thing to be broken free of. Honestly, that's one of the reasons I cannot stand the um, uh, heretical theology of Arminianism and this concept of free will. There's no such thing as freedom apart from the will of God. And any human thinking that they can rebel against God and that's some sort of virtue, that's a venomous evil. And we need to repent of that. Okay? Because that's what the nations are doing. There is no virtue in this. This is all evil. And God's not impressed. He who sits in the heavens laughs. He's like, you know, he laughs and then derision. He goes, ha, I'm going to crush you. We don't want to be under God's judgment. Okay? Psalms 14.1, we talked about the nations. Now let's look at the individuals. And this is also in Psalms 52. All humans are enemies of God. How many humans? All humans. Okay? 
Here's a psalm of David. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are well-meaning, but, you know, just misunderstood. It's their beliefs. We should be tolerant. Are they? No. It says they are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. How many people do good in this country? How many people are basically good according to God? No one, right. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. They have no knowledge. All the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and and do not call upon the Lord. Okay? This is us. This is humanity. If you believe that everybody's basically good, but they just tend to do bad things, even that description is illogical. You can't logically say people are basically good and do bad. Because God is basically good, and He can't do bad. Understand? We can't logically say that statement. It's, 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 there is no bad in good. And there is no such thing as basically good but bad. That statement doesn't... It's an illogical statement, understand? That's why you need to repent of that if you're holding that. So what's going on here? Let's unpack this. This is hard to read. Human beings without Jesus Christ... Because remember, Jesus says we need to be born again. Which means humans without Christ are, are walking dead. They're zombies. They're just carnate, fleshy... Monsters that do what they're told without even knowing. I, me and the kids were having a discussion on the sinful, na- the depravity of man, and I said, "When was the last time you had to teach a little child how to lie? Who had to teach your kids how to lie? How come they knew how to do that the moment they could scream? Right? Nobody had to teach them that. Oh, but they're innocent. Why are they lying?" That's one of the Ten Commandments. Why is the first thing out of our children breaking the Ten Commandments? Because Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. I want you to note the past tense for Christians. Past tense in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of God's warm fuzzies? No, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. All of mankind is these zombies. They take their orders from the devil. What? Ten Commandments? We hate the Ten Commandments. Yeah, but we'll do it in love and tolerance. Except you Christians. Right? That's literally what's going on. So now you have prosperity preachers saying, God loves you just the way you are. He's given you everything you need to succeed. Just believe, just claim it, just shout it out. Right? 
You've got, this is supposed to be Bill Nye. This is Osteen. And this is Bill Nye, the science guy, who says, you're just a big cosmic accident made by absolutely nonsense science that has never made a rational thought ever of evolution. But given enough time, and if we say it enough, you're dumb enough to believe it because you hate God and can't tell the difference. Right? Zombie, yes, I'm an evolution. I'm a monkey. I'm a snot. I came from nothing. I go to nothing. YOLO! Right? And then we have our government doing the same thing. Yay! Sin is now legal. Sin is legal. Christians, you're illegal. That's hate speech. You stop telling people to keep it in their pants. That's illegal. Right? Spread the sin and rejoice. So now we have all this going on, and then the zombies go, yes, Facebook, paint my flag colors, right? And that's honestly what's going on. Now the question is, is this you? Are you a little zombie? You don't think? You just do what you're told and what the devil whispers in your ear and the movies and the TV shows that you watch that say it's okay. Look at the TV shows of the happy families that are living in sin. Right? It must be okay. What? The Bible? Does the Bible say anything? I don't know. I haven't read it in 500 zillion. Never, actually. But I've said I've read it once when I was a kid. That's evil. Okay. Not for my sarcasm, getting in the way, convoluting things. Romans 1.24. Now, this is what I've been cutting and pasting. Romans 1 is where it's at. If you really want to see where the juice is, that's where it's at. So I'm going to read to you the bigger version and then emphasize the God gave them up verses. So to help you unpack what's going on. So I'm going to start in Romans 1.18 and go through 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, whom by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Government, pseudoscience, and wackadoodle preachers. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor God, honor him as God, or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools." and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring their bodies among themselves. If you remember back in the 60s, what revolution was that? That wasn't a homosexual revolution. That was a heterosexual revolution. Where we don't need marriage. We can just sin like crazy. Yippee-doo. Uh-oh, disease, right? So, that was this. that's the first level. Now we keep reading. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. 
For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameful acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They're filled with all manner. Now here comes a big sinless, one of the big sinless. They're filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And this is the verse I put on everybody's um, rainbow-colored photo. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Okay? So what I want to encourage you, the reason I'm highlighting the three God gave them overs, is because you might get confused. You might say, after this week, certainly God's going to judge this country. You're, you're a day late and a dollar short. You see, this is the judgment of God because 50 years ago we gave God the boot out of our society so God has given us over. That's why the majority of America celebrates that because they're so far removed from God and His righteousness they think this is good when this is actually the judgment of God on our country. Okay? What this will do to destroy the family unit even further, to obliterate it into dust and destroy this country even further, has yet to be seen, but it will be seen within our lifetimes. <clears throat> also, what it entails is not just the sexual immorality of that kind, but any physical intimacy outside the covenant marriage of a man and a woman is evil. Not just this. So let's level the playing field. Any physical intimacy outside the covenant marriage of a man and a woman is sin. It's evil. It's saying, tough God, I'm going to live in sin no matter what you say. And we never want to do that. All right? But there's hope for zombies because I was a zombie and God saved me. I'm certainly still not worthy. God saved a zombie like me. All right? Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God being rich in mercy. You see, it's not... Look at this. If you remember... Justice is the foundation. You can't have mercy unless there's already a foundation of justice. God owes us condemnation in hell. He owes everyone in this room to send us to hell immediately forever. What He gives us is mercy. Mercy can only be described on the backdrop of justice because of the great love with which He loved us. 
He sees that little green zombie, Jeff, walking, ah, I'm stupid, right? And he saved me despite me for his glory. And if he didn't bring me to life, I'd be batting his hand away like everyone else is doing. No, I want to be evil. Ah. All right? Even when we were dead in our trespasses. See, didn't I just say? So he's saving zombies. The zombies are walking around and God's saving us despite us. That's what mercy and grace looks like. Made us alive together with Christ by grace. You have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. That's what's coming. It was a sad day for America and certainly for me it was a sad day, but God's immeasurable riches. Think of the best day you've had in your lifetime. God's best day for you, God's worst day for you is, you know, is the best day ever that you are ever going to experience. And we have yet to even get there. It's going to be amazing. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of your doing, it is the gift of God. So that's why I'm going to slam Arminian theology that says, I'm so glad I chose God. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I'm so glad God chose me. And saved me despite me. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is all part of God's sovereign plan. If you are here today, you're hearing the gospel, you're hearing the deep richness of God's grace on you, despite what we deserve, and it's good. So, you'll have trouble reading this, so I'll read it to you. So what are we to do? Right? Well, here's the first thing. Don't partner with evil. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That means we need to be leaning our attentions towards what God wants, not what the world wants. What does God want me to do? Yes, sir. Got it? Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. To love a sinner is to say, stop sinning. Stop judging me. You are sinning. Stop sinning. We're not going to promote that behavior. We love you. Your path is a path of destruction. You need to turn. We're exposing this because God said so. Got it? For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed to the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. 
addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord in your, with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How's that for some beefy instruction this morning? Yes. Huh? Yes. But wait, there's more! And we'll still be done on time. Repent continually. Christians, we're to repent continually because every time we read our Bible, we go... Oh, yeah, I ain't taking care of that sin yet. I'm going to read over here. Okay, that's not bad. I like this. I'm feeling good today. No, when we read those verses that God says, It's you! Right? That's when we repent. 1 Peter 4, 1-7 Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Suffer in the flesh. In other words... Don't let sin beat you. And you will suffer more for fighting against your sin than you will just going to, nah, I'm just going to sin today. (laughs) No, you will suffer more if you're like, no, I won't sin today. Uh, For so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. One of my kids during school, because it's in the school, they watched a horror movie for kids. That was their treat. Uh, R.J. Stein, who did the Goosebump series, had a nice, terrifying horror movie for kids. And my daughter, who won't even walk down the bookstore aisle with the scary faces on them, was just obliterated. All right, Because a teacher said it's okay, and the kids said it's okay, and they all watched a horror movie at school during the daytime. And she, she didn't realize that they were going to lead her and down this thing. She's new to this. right? They don't do that at Christian schools. As often, and uh, <clears throat> and she's like, "What?" You know, she comes home. I, I she, of course, why should she distrust her teacher? So we have to teach her. Grown-ups are not going to protect you from evil. They don't know any better. They're just grown-up zombies. Yeah, kids, come on, watch a horror movie at school. Why not? Right. So, and then I mentioned to her that um, this particular, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. All the zombies are walking and that little child says, "Eh, I'm not going that way. What? I don't understand. Right? They don't understand and they malign you. You hateful Christian, how could you not enjoy that? R.J. Stein or whatever his name is, he's a. It's reading, right? It's art. How can you not celebrate that? And they malign you. But they will give an account to him, God, who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached, even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit in the way God does. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. We're almost done. Hang in there. I'll speed this up. The gospel must be spoken by your mouth. Whatever you've heard in the past is a demonic lie. If you are not saying the gospel, we are not serving Jesus. 
Romans 10, 13 through 17, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching? That's the preacher's job. Not anymore. They're not coming here to listen to me, are they? They're where you are. So you all better learn to be a preacher. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Verse 16, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You got that? We're almost done. A few more instructions. You evangelize and teach. You, us, not just me, not just one or two deacons or one elder or you know one go-getter. We all need to be doing this. Matthew 28:19 through 20 is a universal call. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. little more data dump and then we're done. Sharing the gospel has got to be a priority out of 1 Corinthians 9, 19-27. And uh, Paul's pretty much saying, I'm all things to all people. And the reason is, I do this um, right here in verse 9-22. For the weak I became weak, that they might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. We've got to get the verbal gospel out to people. Alright? That Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, and yes, they're a filthy, rotten sinner, and if they don't ask Jesus to grant them repentance, they will burn in hell for eternity. We need to be able to tell them that. Okay? You can use a nicer way, but it still needs to be said. Okay? And then Paul goes on to talk about being disciplined in doing that. Now, um, Christian first, America second. Save your neighbor, not the country. Okay? Now, even this morning I saw that. Um, oh, I guess this means Jesus is coming back soon. America is not the world. Okay? China, there's a revival. Africa, there's revivals going on where people are coming to Christ. Just because America's corrupting doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It means it's the end of America. All right? So we need to step back and say, what's God doing in the world? And He's doing a lot. Muslims are coming to Christ all over the place. Um, God is winning. We already know how it ends. We've got the book of Revelation. It's going to look all bad, but God's, this is all part of God's scheduled plan. So we need to not save America. We need to save our neighbor. Because if we can't do it individually, we, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation, this is a quote, is the, is the lawmakers in the next generation. We've got to get to the people next to us and we've got to be that positive peer pressure sharing Christ with them for their individual goodness, for their individual well-being, not for the country. So you're a Christian first. All right? 
First Peter 2, 9 through 12, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they will see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let me just unpack a few things here. One, we're sojourners. We're not Americans. We're Christians who are living in America. We're sojourners and exiles, and we're to abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against our soul. And second, I want to point out, is that keep our conduct good so that when they speak against us as evildoers, right, because we're not supporting these, these sexual immoralities, and they speak to us as evildoers, it's going to happen that they see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Remember, every knee, even the president, is going to bow and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And um, here's, yeah, here's the last slide. Peace and joy is not based on outward circumstances. So I want to encourage you here. Uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. It doesn't mean rejoice in the Lord always, in the sense that, hey, it's a good day, I've got a plan, I've got a schedule of things to do, I'm going to, you know, and it's just going to look like a chipper day. It means rejoice in the Lord always because He saved us and has a purpose for us from beginning to end. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I like that word, reasonableness. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. When you saw what happened yes, on Friday, did you stop? Did you pray? Did you fast? Did you go, freeze, stop the press? I need to go outside and scream to heaven? Scream to the throne of God? And put my request before him? Did you do that? Or did you grumble to your friends? Right? What did you do? Prayers and supplications with thanksgiving. Let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true... Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, says Paul, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So we conclude with a simple thought. Oh, Jeff, you keep bringing that up every week. Nothing's changed. 
Pray, pray, pray for your friends, families, and neighbors that are celebrating this venomous evil that is, that is just infecting the land. Pray specifically for those people next to you that they'll, be, that they'll repent, that they won't go to hell because they hate God and they don't even realize it and they wave the banner of love with that's just covered in sin before God. Okay? We need to obey Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your great purpose that, wow, you pulled us out of that. We were able to sit back and see the torrent of evil that reigned this week and know that we're not part of it. That we didn't join in in mindless goat thinking of, of the herd mentality. That, that you were able to pull us back and we're able to see what's going on. So thank you for the grace and mercy that you have on us. Give us courage as we obey you because nothing else matters. And we conform our lives to the commands of Christ and live the rest of our life in a more deep obedience to the Word of God. And may we know your Bible even better. So, Father, um, really, that's the prayer. Be glorified, Jesus. Amen. There's some food for thought. Please visit thespeakandeacon.com and get connected to the growing number of social media Christians. Thespeakandeacon.com. Truth is here.